Real people. Real opinions. Real Talk Radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Irish women have no confidence in joining the army because of the unfair treatment they're getting. This comes as only 44 women applied to sign up last year, according to Aintu leader Padder Tobin, who joins me on the air. Good afternoon to you, Padder. Good afternoon, Niall. How are you doing? Well, before we get to the Irish army, and I do want to get to that because it's a really important issue, just firstly, in relation to, I suppose, the biggest conversation, which shouldn't be the biggest conversation, the big conversation should be how grateful and wonderful it is for the Irish ladies football team in this historical moment to qualify the World Cup by beating Scotland. But unfortunately, it's been marred on social media uh, by the chanting in the dressing rooms. Uh, What's your feeling on it? Yeah, first of all, it was a class win. It was brilliant to see. And um, it, was, it was great to be at a, uh, an international uh, championship uh, for a change. Um, but, in, you know, listen, I was, first of all, I was surprised, actually, when I saw the, um, the video. Um, because, you know, this demographic, is this age group, um, you know, wouldn't have m- much relations, let's say, with the troubles in the north of Ireland. So I think what happened here is that this, this is a chance that probably comes from you know, uh, soccer supporters, Celtic supporters, and it it was sung as a chant, as a soccer chant. I don't think really it has anything uh, to do with um, the Troubles itself. Um, The only thing I will say as well is that obviously the team have apologised, and I think that that should be accepted in good faith and that they have. It, it, it's important though because I, I was actually I mean there, were, there, there are people I mean don't get me wrong I couldn't care less but there are people who are upset by it and of course people who will be you know friends or family of the victims of Warrington and the Skillen Kingsmen Massacre etc there are so many people who are affected by the troubles in Northern Ireland and, and you yourself as a former Shin, member of Sinn Féin of course would appreciate that too as much as anybody else sure. so for a lot of people it was quite offensive for many people it just doesn't matter we in to have a, a particular policy in the past. Because we're a new party and we're actually taking people from different walks of life and different analyses of the past, we have a view that we don't whip analysis of the past. If we can't, if we're fighting over what happened in the past, how do we work together on the future? And I actually think that this is, it's similar what needs to be done in the north of Ireland. Um, you know, there's different communities in the north that have experienced different things in the Troubles. In some places in the north... People, you know, feel that they didn't get burned out of their homes because there was the IRA. Some people feel that they could sleep at night because there was the IRA. And some well, people, I suppose that's the old argument of terrorists or freedom fighters. But isn't this, it? this is it, and and there will be other um, uh, communities for what you know that would say, well, we wouldn't be able to sleep in our in our homes if it wasn't for the RUC or if it wasn't for the British Army. So there are plural views on what happened during the the troubles, and oftentimes when people talk about reconciliation, it's about that we're in some way we're going to meet in the middle and become you know one mm. kind of we, we have to wear each other's political clothes. My attitude and the attitude of Aintu is. We don't have to wear each other's political clothes. We don't have to even agree with regards to what happened in the past. We can have completely separate narratives of history and still accept that and get on with working with each other into the future. All right, well, getting back to the army, Irish women, basically, you believe, have no confidence in joining the army because of the unfair treatment that they've got. And we've seen many reports in the past of the abuse of women, by the way, and the misogyny in the Irish army. But this comes as only 44 women applied to sign up last year, according to your own party. Now, 
I would argue that there is an argument, Pat, that women just don't want to join the army, just like women just generally don't go into construction or women generally don't go down the sewers or, you know, do the dustbins. The, the dust so uh, there is an argument that's just, it's just not an activity or a career that women tend to gravitate towards. Yeah, well, first of all, I would agree with you to a certain extent. I don't think that we should necessarily be pushing certain genders into certain roles just to fill certain quotas. So, for example, you know, in countries such as Sweden, which has a, you know, a very, let's say, liberal progressive attitude towards uh, gender and uh, working roles, you know, genders still typically pick certain yeah. careers. And, you know, that's fine. That's, that's the natural, you know, um, I- I- issue. And we shouldn't be forcing people uh, out of what they want to choose themselves in those terms. That's the first thing. The second thing is, you know, the, the Defence Forces is in a crisis anyways. Um, we, you know, it's, well, we it's, know we're, that with pay, et cetera, et cetera. Well yes. below power, yeah. pay is, is, is well below it's the appalling. average industrial wage. And the government has uh, promised for years uh, pay increases, has agreed contracts and, uh, with, with, with the Defence Forces, but has still not fulfilled them. But they're and, now and, suggesting they want to increase the size of the Irish Army with the Irish Defence Forces, but sure, would it be better to pay the people who are working there? They're, the they're, they're not going to be able to do that unless they pay people. And, and the reason why they're not paying them is because they can't go out and strike. Um, you know, every other uh, public service you know, will threaten strike action and the government will, will jump after a while, um, but the uh, soldiers can't. So that's the second thing. So there are low, very low numbers joining uh, in relation to this. But there is something that's happening in, in, in terms of women in the defence forces, and it's quite shocking what's happening. And about a year uh, ago, a year and a month ago, a group of women came to me called the Women of Honour, and these were women who had worked within the defence forces for, for decades, um, and they had been met with assault, rape. I, I spoke to them on the air at the time, Pater, and, and it was despicable the way they were Absolutely. Treated. They were abused and bullied and discriminated against, and if they stood up for themselves, many of them were pushed out of, of, of the services. So rather than the people, the, the, the people who were behind the crimes uh, and the discrimination being pushed out of the services, the victims uh, were pushed out of the services. And, you know, they shined a, a phenomenal light in, in relation to what's going on. Now, that culture hasn't changed in my understanding. And even... But how, go- do, you, how do you change the Defence Forces? In the UK, they have a better uh, gender balance in relation to the UK forces. And that's because of the opportunities available. We're a small country. It's a small Defence Force. They're never going to have the opportunities. That's why many people join the British Army rather than join the Irish Army because of the, the opportunities available. So we're never going to have those opportunities and we can't just create that. And, and, no, and generally but, but, the physicality of the Army doesn't lend itself to most females. I'm not saying all, but, but most but, but, but what I would say is, first of all, we need to, to root out that horrendous treatment of women who are in the Army for a start. We, it, is, it is absolutely intolerable that anybody who puts on a, a uniform in the name of the Irish Republic, who at times puts their lives on the line for ourselves, will be treated with assault, rape, abuse, bullying and discrimination. So there needs, that needs to be rooted out. And you ask, how can that be done? The only way, uh, and this is a, a, a massive gap in the Irish system right across the, 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 the public services, is the word accountability. Accountability is a catalyst for change. When a person knows that they're going to get into trouble for wrongdoing, they are far more likely to change the behaviour. When a person knows they're not going to get into trouble for wrongdoing, they'll never change the behaviour. So the only way you can achieve accountability in the Defence Forces is that you have a proper root and branch investigation of what's happening and these women have spent the last year nearly working full-time for no pay to try and get the government to do this. The government came out initially, mm-hmm. promised the world, said, yes, we are so sorry, this is terrible. We will engage fully with the, the women of honour and we will 
create a proper investigation that will be able to have all the powers necessary to get to the truth. One year on, that hasn't happened. The government didn't engage with the women of honour in, in, with the terms of reference. The terms of reference were given to, to the women as a fait accompli. They couldn't in, influence them. And the, uh, the review investigation doesn't have all the powers it needs to get the, uh, at the information that it needs. And right now, the women of honour are not, don't have the confidence to engage with it. Well, well, you are right. If we learn nothing from the past, we gain nothing in the future. And I, and I couldn't agree with you more in relation to that. Things can never change if we learn nothing from mistakes of the past uh, and dis- despicable mistakes of the past. But again, I put it to you that RTE, for example, went to an advertising campaign in conjunction with the government uh, going back some seven or eight years ago. Remember, we talked about it on the air at the time. And they spent millions on TV advertising, which promoted women in the army. The advertising was very focused on females in the army. And again, there was very little interest. So what wasn't a case of women going in and not being treated well and coming back out of it again, or maybe even known of the experience of the past of people because we didn't really know that up until the last two or three years when the Women of Honour came out and, of course, the, the whistleblowers came out. But they still didn't get much interest. Well, I would make the argument here that um, the government tends to throw money at a problem rather than fixing a problem. So it's easier for a government minister to come out and say, OK, listen, we're going to spend five million euros in an advertising campaign to get women in rather than actually fixing, fixing the, you know, the inherent systemic problems in there that actually are pushing women out. You know, it's, and, and this can be seen right across the health service. You know, again, you know, the government's talking about employing more consultants when in actual fact we have 900 consultants missing at the moment. The government are, are great for, you know, um, press and for launches. Mm-hmm. And, and another example, and I think and nearly the prime example of government incompetency is the school bus crisis. So, again, at the start of the summer, the government comes out, you know, looks really well, press statements on the media, we're going to provide school, free school bus uh, places for all children who need them. And, you know, I'm actually leading a protest on Tuesday morning next of children who can't get school buses. Because they just don't have enough spaces. Because th- there isn't enough places. And, and uh, it was, by the way, it, did, it, I, did, I, did I hear this morning, they wanted to extend that now to private schools as well. Where are they going to get all these this, buses and, and, from? And this is, this is the competency problem here, because the first thing you do before you launch a school bus problem, you actually get in contact with the, 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 the providers and you work out, is the capacity there in terms of, of seats on school buses? And are the drivers there? And, you know, can we get the insurance and the whole thing up and running over the next three months? And then you launch it. But the government you didn't do the hard work in relation to, to providing it. They just did the press statement. And this is an example. I, I think there's three problems with this government. We had our Ordesh there last Saturday, the first in-person Ordesh for AIN2. And three problems kept arising in terms of government. One is a complete detachment from the real people in this country in terms of the experience. Secondly, is an incompetence in terms of actually fixing problems. So they don't have the technical knowledge necessary to fix the problems uh, that, that exist. And the third one is a complete lack of accountability, that we are in a, an accountability-free zone, and as a result, nothing changes. You know, and if we're going, uh, going to ever fix the problems besetting this country, we need to make sure that we have a, a political class that is experiencing the day-to-day life of real people that's not detached okay. uh, and that has the technical competency, not people who are in the doll, you know, from the time they're in early 20s, never had a career, never had a job, never owned a business before. And uh, we need people with actual real-life experience of, of what's going on in life. All right, well, listen, thank you very much indeed. And I appreciate you coming on the air. Powder Toby and Ain't Too Leader. Uh, Powder basically saying changes are needed to make sure that women feel welcome in the Defence Forces because at this very moment of time, women don't seem to want to join. 
Real people. Real opinions. Real talk radio. The multi-award winning Niall Boylan Show. Oh,